Welcome to Brave Church. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. We're a multi-site church based in the Bay Area. You can get more information by going to brave.church. We hope this teaching helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey everyone, I'm Darren Laws, the executive pastor of Brave Church. It's great to be with you, whether in Dublin, San Ramon campus, or online. We're in a series called A Different Kind of Family, in which we're teaching through the five core values of Brave Church. You know, every family has their own set of core values, whether they're stated or not. And one of the beautiful things about following Jesus is he gives us values that he lived out. Values that have the power to make our lives and world better. So let's review our core values for brave. Bold faith, radical generosity, authentic honor, victory and humility, and elevating joy. Today's message is on victory in humility. It makes sense I'd be teaching humility, right? It's like the guy who said, my favorite thing about myself is that I'm humble. Seriously, I was surprised when my son Samuel told me this week that most people think of themselves as humble. I don't know if that's a generational thing, but in my generation, anyone who thought of themselves as humble, it was assumed they were not. I guess the problem is saying you're humble doesn't make you humble and not saying you're humble doesn't make you humble. Being humble is what makes a person humble. I wonder where you would rate yourself on a scale from one to 10. One being, you know, not so humble, 10 being, you know, Mother Teresa. Don't raise your hand, but are you humble? When I watch Steph Curry shoot, it's amazing. He's one of the greatest shooters, if not the greatest to ever shoot a basketball. He gets some praise and some recognition, but you know he probably doesn't get enough. It's like we don't fully grasp how just great he is. I think it's because when someone is really great, like insanely great, when they've mastered something, they just make it look easy. When I walk over to our high school gym on my lunch break and I start shooting baskets, I can't hit like 10, 20, or 33 pointers in a row, but he makes it look easy. In the same way, that's a lot like how humility works. Humility is harder than it looks. In his book, radio personality author Brant Hudson reflects on studies and statistics, and, and he suggests that many Westerners think more highly of ourselves and others. In fact, he reports this, I wanna read it. He says, researchers at the University of London concluded that a substantial majority of individuals believe themselves to be morally superior to the average person and that there's this illusion of ours is uniquely strong and prevalent. Most people strongly believe they're just, virtuous, and moral, and yet regard the average person as distinctly less so. And among their studies, participants, all individuals, irrationally inflated their moral qualities. We also have a lot of self-delusions. Like, have you heard that 93% of us genuinely believe that we're above average drivers? Yeah, right. Some studies show we also think we're smarter than average, and we're friendlier too, and, and also more ambitious than average. You might think we all have this awesomeness, like we might have an ego problem, but the good news is we also rate ourselves as more modest than others. So yes, we're better at everything than everybody, but at least we're all humble about it. And the older you get, the harder it becomes. One doctor said this, he said, every act of conscious learning requires the willingness 
to suffer an injury to one's self-esteem. That is why young people, young children, before they're self-aware of their own self-importance, learn so easily. And why older persons, especially if vain or important, cannot learn at all. One of the things I've noticed about the pursuit of humility is it almost always leads us inward. It's a look inside of our hearts at the things that make us feel insecure and valued. Rumi, a 13th century Persian poet said, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. Isn't that so true? Most of us spend our youth trying to change the world with very little concern for what needs to first change in us. Brave Church, this is what following Jesus is all about. Our God is changing the world, but it happens first through what He's doing in my own life. Meaningful and important change is the love that flows from our lives as we allow Jesus to fill them. Our hope for you is the longer you're at this church, the more you'll become like Jesus. Today we're going to answer three questions. How do I get humble? How do I stay humble? And what's next? The first thing you need to understand if you want to get humble is this. Number one is seek wisdom. James 3 verse 13, he said this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. As I was studying this week, I saw something that I'd never noticed before, but there it is. James says, humility comes from wisdom. Solomon said it many, like hundreds of years earlier. He said, when pride comes, then come disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. The source of humility is godly wisdom. In the book of James, James gives us an example of humility in action. He says in James, he said, remember that famous verse? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Humble people are slow to judge. Prideful people are quick to judge. Humble people are patient with others. Prideful people are impatient with others. Being a humble person is not possible without first being wise enough to be patient and kind, preferring and being generous towards others. Confident people have compassion towards others. A young fool puts the elderly down. An old fool puts the young down. A wise and humble person embraces, loves, and values the contribution of every generation. They're approachable. A proper view of oneself is bigger than parting the Red Sea. To become secure in who you are and tuned to your own value means you can serve and bless others in the richest of ways. So how do you seek it? The good news is it's not hard. Seeking wisdom starts with saying to yourself and really believing this one thing. I don't know it all, but I can learn what I need to know. There's this great story. You may have read it in Bob Iger's book about when he was made the head of ABC Entertainment. It was a big jump for him. He started out as an intern in ABC Studios, worked, his, worked all the way up. And then this opportunity uh, meant that he could have a shot at potentially becoming the CEO of ABC someday. But here's the deal. It was a way bigger role than he could ever succeed on his own. 
For starters, he was from New York, and he didn't know, you know, Hollywood culture. He had no connections. He was the head of entertainment, which meant he would decide what shows they greenlight and invest a ton of money in, and he had never even read a film or TV script in his life. But his bosses had faith in him, and they believed in him, and so here's what Bob did. He took them out to dinner after they gave him the job, and he basically said to them, I, guys, I need your help. He said, you know, they knew the business, I didn't, but our fates were intertwined now, and I hope that they'd be willing to be patient with me as I learned on the job. Some of you feel like Bob right now. You're in way over your head. Maybe it's at work, maybe it's your parenting, maybe it's in your spiritual walk. Wherever it may be, the key is humility, and that starting, that starting point is to seek wisdom. Take someone older or more experienced to coffee. If you're in a new relationship, get some advice from people who have a relationship that you admire. Not your single friends. They don't know anything about relationships. If you're in a new role or a new job, get some input from someone who's far more successful. If you want to grow your faith, talk to someone who's made some bold faith moves, someone who knows something about faith. So if wisdom is how we get humility, how do we keep it? How do we stay humble? Number two is this. It's know yourself. In James, he said this. He said, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Sometimes the hardest thing to see is what you look like, to see yourself as you are. Humble people have a strong sense of identity and value. I love this quote, St. Isaac of Syria. He was in the 6th century. He said this, To see yourself as you really are is a miracle greater than raising the dead. Humility is the ability to see yourself as you really are in relationship to God, others, at work, in your neighborhood and world. Humility is an inside job. From childhood, we each carry within us two questions in life. Who am I and what am I worth? The best things we've done in life and the worst are what we've done in pursuit of answering those two questions. Who am I and what am I worth? When you know who you are, when you know what fits in your life and you know what doesn't. Like if I tried to borrow one of my son's shirts, they would say, Dad, you're a giant. Did you forget what size shirt you wear? Are you kidding me? If I told the worship team, hey guys, uh, let me take this next song. I've been singing in the shower lately and I think I'm ready for this. That would not go well, believe me. Knowing who you are is really important because it gives you context for what to say yes to and what to say no to based on who God created you to be. This is based on your abilities, your capacity, and even your personality. A few years back, my wife bought me a new pair of boots. They were like classic red wing boots. It was a big deal. I've been wanting these boots forever. And so I put them on and I'm wearing like, you know, flannels, you know, shirts and Carhartt jackets. I'm living my best Yellowstone life. I'm like Kevin Costner walking around in my boots. And so I was wearing them and I noticed something. The right foot was so comfortable, but the left shoe, it was like something was wrong with the shoe. It, it, it kind of hurt. And so my toe was like, rubbing in the left corner of the shoe. And so I kept trying to break in the shoe, you know. I wore them a lot, you know. I just gotta break them in. And I'd oil the shoe, I tried to fix the shoe. I, I went around saying something's wrong with the shoe. 
The right shoe's right, <laughs> it's perfect, but the left shoe isn't. And finally, I had to wear a Band-Aid on my little toe just so it would stop hurting. For weeks, I wore a Band-Aid on my left toe. I love the look of these boots. They were what I wanted if it wasn't for this you know, faulty left shoe. Well, one morning I was getting ready, I was putting on my shoes, but as I was applying the Band-Aid, I noticed something. My right toe was shaped differently than my left toe. I felt my right toe, and then I felt my left toe. And the bone in my left toe was shaped differently. And that's when I realized it wasn't the shoe. It was me. Have you ever felt like the problem was the shoe? You know, the job, it's the team, it's the church I go to, it's the family, it's my family, only to realize it was actually you. If you want to get humble and stay humble, it almost comes down to our ability to recognize that sometimes it's you. And when it's you, you want to know it. In 1 Peter, Peter said this. He said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. I wonder if you felt some friction or opposition in your life lately. Sometimes the opposition is the enemy of darkness against your soul, no doubt. He does not want you to advance. But sometimes the opposition is we experience it from God. Sometimes it's God opposing the pride in our own hearts. Paul said, I put no confidence in my flesh, in me. I, I put my confidence in God. And he wrote in Romans 12, he, he said, um, but for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Sometimes we have a hard time seeing our part of the problem because our expectations are still based on what was. This last year, I walked through a major transition in my life. For over 40 years, I've been pastoring, and for 29, almost 30 of those years, I was a lead pastor. And then in May of just last year, I stepped aside and Pastor Samuel stepped up. It's been an amazing season for our church. God is blessing it and our best years are ahead. In fact, I'm going to put you on notice now. You are not going to want to miss Vision Sunday on November 6th. Don't say I didn't tell you. We've got some exciting stuff to share with you. But all that to say this, this last year has been a big change for me personally we, uh, we also went from one church in San Ramon to two churches, a school, all of our schools, larger campuses. My entire role has changed with that. And I'm going to be honest, it, it, it's come with some awkward moments for me. What I want you to know is even if you've lived a very humble life for most of your life, there will always be a new challenge to stay humble. Getting humble is often not the problem. How many of you know life will humble you? Many of us find ourselves humbled by the circumstances of our lives that are well beyond our control. You can get humble, but to stay humble? Well, that's another thing altogether. There's a story that I want to read to you that really helped me. In his book, Leaders Eat Last, Simon Sinek tells the story of a former Under Secretary of Defense who gave a speech at a large conference. The decorated official took his place on the stage and began his speech. Then he paused to take a sip of coffee from a styrofoam cup that he had brought with him on stage. Cynic describes the scene. He took another sip, looked down at the cup, and smiled. 
You know, he said, interrupting his speech, I spoke here last year. I presented at the same conference on the same stage, but last year I was still an undersecretary. I flew here in business class, and when I landed, there was someone waiting for me at the airport to take me to the hotel. Upon arriving at my hotel, he continued, there was someone else waiting for me. They had already checked me into the hotel, so they handed me my key and escorted me to my room. The next morning, when I came down, again, there was someone waiting for me in the lobby to drive me to the same venue that we are in today. I was taken through a back entrance, shown to the green room, and handed a cup of coffee in a beautiful ceramic mug. But this year, as I stand here to speak to you, I'm no longer the undersecretary. I flew coach class here, and when I arrived at the airport yesterday, there was no one there to meet me. I took a taxi to the hotel, and when I got there, I checked myself in and went by myself to my room. This morning, I came down to the lobby and caught another taxi to come here. I came in the front door and I found my way backstage. Once there, I asked one of the techs if there was any coffee. He pointed me to a coffee machine on a table against the wall. And so I walked over and poured myself a cup of coffee into this here styrofoam cup. He said this as he raised the cup to show the audience. It occurs to me, he continued, the ceramic mug that gave me that they gave me last year, it was never meant for me at all. It was meant for the position I held. I deserve a styrofoam cup. For me, this last year presented a unique challenge. Would I be able to stay humble even when people were handing me a styrofoam cup? After all my years of leadership and experience, even when it felt like I was starting all over, would I stay humble? Do you want to know the secret to staying humble? It's recognizing that we all deserve the styrofoam cup. There are undeniable perks and advantages that come to us in our roles and positions at work, in being successful at what we do. But they aren't meant for us as individuals. They're meant for the role that we fill. As roles change, privileges must be transferred. People who don't get this often tank after transitions. Only Jesus has an unchanging role. The rest of us are just keeping the seat warm for the next person. The day will come when we will vacate our roles and surrender our privileges to the ones who come behind us. When that day comes for you, remember to give up the beautiful ceramic mug and embrace your styrofoam cup. How do I get humble? Seek wisdom. How do I stay humble? Know yourself. What's next? Here's the good news for humble people. You get to number three, walk in blessing. Matthew 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Unusual favor comes to the humble. William Lamar said, humility funds the realm of God. God doesn't have favorites, but he does give favor to the faithful. He does exalt the humble, and he does resist the proud. God exalts you when you exalt him. There's a story in the second chapter of the book of Daniel. Daniel met up with a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar who had a dream that he wanted somebody to interpret it for him. 
but he found out that whenever he told anybody what he dreams, they, were, they just told him whatever he wanted to hear. So he decided to do it differently this time. He brings in all the wise men and he says, I had a dream and here's what I want. I want to tell you the dream of what I had last night. I'm not going to tell you what it is. And then I want you to tell me what the dream was and what it meant. The wise men looked at him. You're crazy. Nobody can tell you that. I mean, nobody knows what another person dreams. And so the king got mad. And he said, well, unless you tell me in a couple days, I'm going to kill every wise man in the kingdom. So Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were wise men in the kingdom of Babylon at that time, and they too were going to be killed. So they humbled themselves, and they talked to God. They said, God, please help us. And God did help. God showed Daniel exactly what the dream was and the interpretation of the dream exactly. Daniel said, I want to see the king. And the king says to him, Daniel, can you tell me about this dream? And Daniel shows humility when he says, King, no person on earth can know what another person dreams, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel in that statement said, I want you to recognize that this isn't me, that God has shown me this. My victory is in humility. And when I give God the credit for what only He knew, that's true humility. It's those times in your life when you have the, the greatest opportunity to somehow make it about you. Will you make it about Him? Will you give God the glory He deserves? We find victory in humility. You can walk in blessing. And the more we look to God and honor God, the more God blesses our lives. The Bible says you were created by God to do great things. Those things require you to place your confidence and trust in God. You cannot do the will of God and build His kingdom while trying to build your own. Humble people inherit the blessing of all that they can experience on earth because they seek God's kingdom first. They commit their lives to being faithful and God is faithful to them. And the grace of God flows to their lives. When things are flowing, when the river is moving, God's grace and gifts flow to the humble person. I wonder if you realize all the good things that God has given you access to. The world, you know, uses a ladder to climb up. God uses a ladder to descend to make things accessible to us. I have three beautiful granddaughters. My wife, Tracy, she's called Nana. And Nana has created uh, their own shelf in Grandpa's bookcase. And on the lowest shelf, they can have easy access to all their books, books which hold values and adventure for them. I used to think life was like going from one shelf and then getting up to the next shelf. That the goal was to keep you know, leveling up. As you go higher, you receive more. However, in God's kingdom, God's gift for all of His children are not put out of reach for only a few chosen people to obtain. No, God's gifts are on the lower shelves so every one of His children can reach them and enjoy them. It's a childlike faith that gives us access to all of God's blessing and all of God's plans for our lives. You can walk in blessing. When you look to God, your confidence comes from knowing He cares about you, about what He's doing and what His heart is doing inside of you. You know who you are 
and what you're worth. If you want to get humble, stay humble, and walk in blessing, here's a challenge for you this week. Set up a meeting with a person that is wiser than you and bring a list of questions. You know, buy their meal or coffee. If it's me, it'd be dinner at a steakhouse. I'm just kidding. But honor their time. You'll be surprised by what you'll learn. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word, Lord Jesus. Just the power of those words, victory and humility, Lord Jesus. And God, I just pray for a a new sense of release and favor in all of our lives. Show us the areas where we're trying to hang on to the ceramic cup when really we all deserve the styrofoam cup. Help us, Lord God. Show us in our own lives our struggles and let us yield to the work of your Holy Spirit to bring about true humility in all of our lives for your glory and for your honor. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today and listening to today's teaching. We really hope this message has impacted your life. Now, if you'd like more information about who we are, you can visit us at brave.church. There, you're going to find more information about our on-campus gatherings, our upcoming events, and ways to give and partner with what God is doing through our church. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the like button on this message. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.